Just after 9 o'clock, good morning. This is Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. And coming up at 9.30 is the Sunny Melindra Show. But the inspirational hour begins now with God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. The following is sponsored by GodandOurDogs.com. And this is Bernie Radio. Live or love the Western lifestyle? Then Wheeler's Western Outfitters and Bernie is your dream store. Hi, I'm Del Garner. With 40,000 square feet, find a full line of hats, boots, trendy women's boutique, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers, and feed for your dogs, horses, and livestock. We believe in quality products, honest advice, and friendly service. It is the Wheeler's way of life. That's Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10, and Bernie, or Wheeler'sTX.com. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. God and our dogs. Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs, where we discover a new perspective by relying on God the way our dogs rely on us. This is Meg Greer, your host. We will talk with people just like you about the lessons they learned from their dogs about God. You can find us at GodInOurDogs.com, hashtag GodInOurDogs on Instagram, and at GodInOurDogs on Facebook. Thanks to the folks at Wheeler's Western Outfitters for a great spot to record our show. Our vision on God and Our Dogs is to rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. How does that happen? It's the same way our other relationships grow, spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust. Those experiences transform the tie. On God and Our Dogs, we share stories giving us insight to time, training, trust, and transformation with our dogs. Stories give us aha moments, helping us see ourselves the way God sees us. Those aha moments bring us one step closer to God as we learn to rely on Him the way our dogs rely on us. This is Meg Greer, and you are listening to God and Our Dogs. We are blessed to have as our guest today, Curtis Bissonette. Curtis is a 20-year resident of Bernie and Director of Business Automation and Loss Control for Valero. Getting to know Curtis these last few years, I would say he is a faith-filled Christ follower, husband, and dad. He is creative, even poetic, determined, and attentive to details. Welcome, Curtis Bissonette. We are so happy to have you join us today. Well, thank you, Meg. I appreciate you inviting me to be part of your show. I'm super excited about what we're going to share today, and I really look forward to, you know, learning how your audience responds, because I do feel like the Lord's got a word for us today, and He's going to work it through our dogs. Yes, isn't that awesome? Well, your history with dogs kind of began with your dad. He introduced you to hunting and gave you many special memories. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, dad was a military man. He was an Air Force instructor pilot. And when I go back to my early days of childhood, I remember dad including me in outdoor expeditions where he liked to get away to to recharge and to have that revitalization. And when I think about the bonding that my dad and I had together, the memories always go back to that one-on-one time that I had with my father out in the country where we shared time 
whitetail deer hunting, elk hunting up in Colorado, dove hunting in South Texas, and it's just even hog hunting in, in South Texas as well, but it's just the precious times that we had as, you know, a father and a son together. Yes. And you even went hunting with your father-in-law as well. It was a real family affair. You know, bonding with a father-in-law is always an interesting occasion, right? And hopefully men can find a way to find that unity. And my father-in-law actually experienced that with dove hunting. Because prior to that, I was really a big game hunter. I wasn't an upland game hunter or a migratory hunter. But my father-in-law was, so we got to do that bonding, traveling down to South Texas, and um, it was something that we also got to share with my son, who's now an avid outdoorsman, and that's where I get to spend time with my son. So really a good time, good memories of sharing with family. Yeah, multi-generational. Isn't that awesome that everybody has enjoyed it so much? So how did dogs enter the picture in your hunting career? Well, The early days was with Dixie, and that was our first child. When Doris and I got married, we wanted to start a family, and we started with a wonderful, intelligent golden retriever named Dixie, and she became an outdoor dog, but she was really a family dog, and she she introduced me to to retrieving dove during a dove hunt with my father-in-law, and that spurred into a broader interest to want to have a true, dedicated dog for hunting, and that's where Chip came into our life, and Chip and I and my wife met at a Boys and Girls Club. I was the president of Boys and Girls Club founded here in Bernie back in the day. And we had a fundraiser. And during that fundraiser, somebody introduced this chocolate lab puppy. Oh, boy. And they let Doris hold the puppy, right? Oh, yeah. That was a big score for them, wasn't it? Yes. And I'm telling you, it was one of those where once Doris held Chip, that dog was coming home with us because he was perfect for me. He had the big blockhead He had big paws, so I knew he was going to be a big male dog, and that's actually what I wanted. I wanted a retriever, a water dog, dedicated for water dog hunting because I wanted a duck hunt as well. Uh And he was perfect, and so he ended up becoming part of the family. Oh, neat. So tell us about hunting with um, both your dogs. Uh, What stands out in your mind for those memories? Yeah, good Good question, and, and really most of my outdoor experience was with Chip, so I'm going to focus on Chip today. Chip was one of these dogs that, even though he was large, he was a 110-pound chocolate lab, so he, wow. was, he was an incredible dog, but he was a gentle giant. You know, if you ever see a big male, some of these dogs can be have a disposition that are hard to train. Chip was much different than that, and so the bonding that I got to have with Chip and the intimacy that I got to have with him was special from the standpoint that he was willing to submit in his will to me and how I wanted to train and lead. And so a lot of what I think about, you know, from a a relationship with me and my dog and that spirituality that we have um, and that connection that we have with a dog is me as the, the master wanting to train, we study how to train and we learn how to teach but we have to spend time out in the field together to be able to build that bond and that trust with the animal. And in this case, Chip had the interest and desire to want to serve. He was a loyal companion. He always wanted to perform at his best. And to do that, we had to spend time together. So as a puppy, we began doing all the fundamental training where you have the feather on a stick and a string and you're pulling it out before he grabs it 
or you have the water retrieve, or you have the blind retrieve, or you have the hand signals. So this experience that we had, truly, he had to learn me, and I had to learn him. And so it was special in that respect. And that's really what elevated both of us, because for me to have the experience that I wanted to have in the field, I needed to have Chip. And for Chip to really have the experience that he wanted to desire, he needed to have me. And together we elevated each other. It was mm-hmm. a bond that was special. And he was, he was uh, definitely a loyal companion and a loyal friend. Wow. I, I can just see that. Uh, it's almost like, well, there are only two of you, but it's almost like there's an orchestra playing because you've got both of you, but then you have the the setting of nature and the, the changing, uh, like the wind might be a little bit different one day than another and the water might be a little bit different there's so many different factors and you do have to work together a lot in order to be able to read one another and know how to respond yes we do and when i think about scripture genesis 126 comes into mind because it talks about that god created us in his likeness and it also comes to say that god gave us dominion over creation and when i think about that relationship that i had with chip and that bonding that we had it's an experience that is special and and as we begin to grow in our hunting relationship you know the strength and performance that he had was incredible but also it's very similar to when we think about us understanding god and our relationship with god we have to spend time with the lord we have to bond with him and he created us in his likeness which means he made us intelligent he gave us morality he gave us spirituality he gave us the ability to have emotion to love and through all of that it's really a bonding that we are to look to him as our master and we are to look to him as our lord um, just like the dog looks to us and through that obedience that we have in pursuing Jesus as our Savior and understanding who he is, we pursue that, we begin to elevate our existence and the purpose that we have because God's designed us in a very special way and he's purposeful about what he does as the divine creator. Just like a dog has a DNA and a genetic of Chip, being a retriever is a very special purpose dog, Mm -hmm. but that connection doesn't break him of his will. All the hunters that are listening today know that if you have a dog and you have a dog that's genetically superior because of its breeding um, genetics, that dog will struggle unless he submits to the will of the master. Just like we as humans, when we think about our relationship with the Lord, we will struggle with that free will that God gave us and our unique creative intellect. But if we submit to him, we are able to elevate our existence in who God created us to be, and we truly can become um, the, the full purpose of what God created us for. And I see that in Chip. I see that in the dogs that I see around other trainers. When they are bonded together and they are in unity, the performance level out in the field and the retrieve or in the point or in the, you know, the, the ability to seek and find, that, that's really where the game gets elevated. Yes, and as you said, Curtis, you really see where that image comes together in a greater level of perfection yes because of the intimate relationship between the master and the dog or the master and the man yes yeah well we're here with curtis bissonette and talking about his awesome 
wow, 105 to 10 pound uh, chocolate lab chip. And I, we probably know where he got his name, don't we? We do. Yeah, he <laughs> was little, sweet. He yeah. was sweet. He loves chocolate. Yeah, yeah. chocolate chip. Chocolate I love chip. it. I love it. Well, before we learn a little bit more about your hunting excursions with Chip and your dad and your um, and your father-in-law, um, I'd like to tell you and our listeners a little bit about Wheeler's Western Outfitters, our sponsor today. GodAndOurDogs.com Wheeler's Western Outfitters has an amazing selection for anyone who ranches, owns dogs, cattle, horses, participates in 4-H, or just enjoys feeding the deer. Find a full line of hats, boots, clothing for men, women, and kids, beautiful jewelry, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers, and feed for your dogs, horses, and livestock. They have great products and advice. Plus, they greet you with a smile and helpful attitude. Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10 in Bernie, or wheelerstx.com. On God and Our Dogs, we have some great sponsors, not only Wheeler's Western Outfitters, also Cibolo Family Medicine, Kendall County Abstract, The Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning, and Cibolo Creek Vet Hospital. Because of them, we get to give one of our lucky listeners a $100 Amazon gift card treat each month. Go to our website, GodInOurDogs.com to enter. The winner will be announced there at the end of each month. That's GodInOurDogs.com for a $100 Amazon gift card treat. Well, we are back with Curtis Bissonette on God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. And you've been telling us all about hunting with your dad, hunting with your father-in-law, and hunting with Chip. So are you... Are you still hunting with your dad? Well, at age 75, dad was diagnosed with lung cancer. Oh, wow. And so we have lost my father. But the memories that I have in these later days, because dad and I hunted not only as a child, but we hunted through our adult life as well. And we continue to have that bonding together and that experience in the outdoors. But when dad was diagnosed at 75, he ended up with stage four cancer, which means it had metastasized and it actually metastasized to his brain. Oh, wow. So he ended up with a lung surgery, um, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and stereotactic radiation. Oh, wow. They had given him three to six months to live as an expectancy um, through prayer of just the right doctors, the right medicine, the right treatments, the Lord's grace and his miraculous healing. We had four additional hunting seasons with my dad. Wow, that's amazing. And we declared that a miracle because everybody was astounded. The doctors couldn't understand because he had beat at his age, he had beat all the statistics. So with that, I got to witness my father age differently than what a normal aging process would be. At age 75, he was very healthy and very active. Through the chemo and the stereotactic, it has an impact on the body over time. And we witnessed him, um, you know, deteriorating and getting weaker. But one of the things that never lost was his desire to go in the outdoors with his son. And the, the, even to the last, you know, season, 
he passed in March, and in December he was still hunting. Wow. And it got to where he, he even through the pain and suffering, he gave himself the motivation to get in the truck, drive three hours to South Texas, get out of the truck, climb the stairs to get in the camper, lay there until it was time to hunt, get out of the camper and have the energy to climb into a truck that was a big four-wheel drive pickup. I had to put a little stairwell out for him to step into the truck. But he would then go to a deer blind down bumpy roads, feeling the pain all the way through it, and he would climb a a stair set that was 10 feet in the air in order to climb into these deer blinds. And he did it the entire four years, and we got to hunt and have that experience. So his will was able to motivate him to, to do that. And I was just appreciative to the Lord that he blessed us with that opportunity. That's amazing that he had the ability to hunt, let alone have the desire. A lot of times we have a desire to do something, but we just can't get there to do it. So that's amazing. Did he have any success that final season? Well, the season before he definitely did. Um, He harvested the biggest whitetail that he had, um, a large 10 point, and he was very excited about it. It was one that's now in my camper on the wall. So I get to see it every time I'm down at the ranch. Very Uh special. Um, but in that last season, it was interesting to see his, because of the stereotactic radiation, you lose cognizant reasoning in the long run. And over four years of that, you know, it, it did have an effect. And he still had the desire to go and be with me, but his ability to handle a rifle and stuff like that had gotten to where he couldn't hunt that last season. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure that he loved being there with you, regardless of how successful he was that last time. So tell us a little bit about Chip. What was his hunting career like? Well, Chip lived a ripe age for a big dog. So he recently passed in February of this year, and he was 13 years old. Wow. So when he was nine, I would tell you, and again, I got to describe Chip because he was a fearless hunter. And as we look at, you know, the experience of being in the outdoors, you want a dog that doesn't have fear, that that doesn't mind getting in brush or getting in the cold water or getting in situations where game need to be retrieved. He was that dog. He was the specimen is what I always called him. Um, but Chip obviously got older, right? And, the you know, one of the titles that I have for this topic is Dog's Last Hunt. And so when I think of Chip and our last hunt, I, it takes me to a very special place. And there was a point where as Chip aged, he started getting less eyesight, less hearing, his smell was limited, and just his awareness of ability and physical ability. You know, the trucks today are a lot bigger than what they used to be, so mm-hmm. his ability to jump in the truck is not like it used to be. As a young dog, I had to pick up this 105, 110 pound dog and load him into the back of the truck which is a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. But when I think about those last days, there was a particular hunt that was his last hunt. And when I think about that morning, it was just Chip and I that morning at the ranch. And we, we loaded up the truck, went down to the duck pond because there's a very specific pond that we call the duck pond. And I can remember the headlights being on as I'm throwing out decoys. And normally Chip's right there in the water with me. This particular morning, I look back and he's over by the truck in the headlights because it's dark out and I'm throwing deeks and he's over there sitting on the shoreline waiting for me to be done. And that's not like Chip. Usually Chip's in there helping me move the decoys around. Um, so I go back to the truck after I'm done and, and we go park and we walk back. And when we got to the water, he stopped. He didn't want to get in the water. 
And I realized at that point that things had changed significantly since the last season because the previous season he was still willing to do what he needed to do as a hunting dog. Um, well, that I literally had to escort him into the water and take him over to the deer blind or to the duck blind where he loaded. But normally he would be on point. He would be sitting there at attention, ready for the birds to come in. And this particular morning he was huddled down by my feet, just curled up, and he really didn't want to pay attention. And it, it was a, it was one of these mornings that is brisk, crispy outside. It was probably upper 30s. Um, the, there was steam coming off the water because the water was warmer than the atmosphere. So this steam coming up off the water is, is just beautiful when it has a, when the sun starts to come out. But if you've ever been in a duck blind and you've heard ducks come in, they come in like a jet airplane. So you just hear this big as they, as they come in and Chip used to literally get so excited at that point that he would start to shake and he would literally start to whimper because he wanted to go retrieve birds. This particular day, he was not paying attention. He wasn't really engaged, and I knew that was going to be a challenge. So the hunt progressed, and we harvested birds. I say we, Chip and I. Um, we harvested birds, but he did not retrieve a single bird. He didn't even want to go after the birds. And so as the sun came up, I finally put the gun down and went into the water, and I escorted Chip into the water, and I pushed him towards the birds. And at that point, Chip... You know, I'm realizing that I've never had to been in that mode before to watch him try to find the birds that were literally 20 yards away. Anybody that hunts ducks know that 20 yards is a very easy retrieve. And, and to watch Chip struggle to find them, it took him five minutes and he never found one. Oh, wow. And it, it literally, as I was watching him, it took me back to my father, right? It took me back to my dad's last hunt. Um, in that last hunt with my dad... Um, it made me realize that when he lifted the gun to try to look through the scope, he didn't understand how to do it anymore. And to watch dad struggle through that was emotional for me, but now I was witnessing it in my dog and I realized it was my dog's last hunt. Um, as I began to think about the, my dad and my dog, it, the Lord took me to my mortality and I realized that this is going to be me someday. Um, just like each hunter that's listening today, we will all have our last hunt. And in that moment, we will we will reach a point where the the enjoyment that we have with our families and our friends out in the wilderness and being able to enjoy the experience of hunting and that connection with God's creation, it's going to come to an end. We're all going to have our last hunt because we're not promised tomorrow. You know, there's there's a scripture that's referenced that, that talks about you are the mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. And when that when you resonate on that, it, it truly tells us that this is a temporal position that we have in this creation and that we need to make it our fullest. We need to live at a level that allows us to experience the fullness of God and the fullness of life. Yeah, it, and it's interesting that you picked that scripture because I immediately thought about your description of the the mist rising off of the water that day, that image really relates to that scripture. So, yes, I'm hearing you say that in, unless we're living in that fullness, we're really missing out on something in our life um, that we really need to capture before it's our last hunt. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we are, we are blessed to have family 
and friends that hunt with us and we all enjoy being in that place that time that we get because for me it's a sanctuary it's a time for restoration because i'm extremely busy and i'm sure all the listeners are can relate to that but it is our restoration it is our time to be in god's creation and to experience him and just as the just as the master trains the dog and the dog and the master exist in the wild to be able to perform a task um the unity of that experience of the of the relationship between a dog and its companion or a hunter and his companion truly is better if they are in unity and i truly believe that god has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us and he has been very specific and intentional about how he created us individually in our uniqueness mm-hmm. and if we can tap into that by spending time with the lord reading his word learning who jesus christ is and being able to relate to you know him in a way that he can relate to us we can have that same experience as we have with our dogs except we are submitting because ultimately man has will and this free will that we have we have to be able to bridle that me personally as a man that has will i need to bridle my will to be able to have the fullness that god's promised me right well curtis it's so interesting to hear you talk about going on hunts with your father with your father-in-law with your son and the multi-generational nature of that and i've heard a lot of wild and crazy stories about opening day of hunting season what kind of advice and insight do you have on opening day Great question. So we all experience hunting in different ways, and many people will have really sensational experiences in in ways that may not be the most memorable. Let me just put it that way. You know, we like to have a party, right? Many of the people that go to the ranches, they know what, what I'm talking about. And this is an opportunity when you're with your family and your friends that the experience that that we have in faith you know that is an eternal opportunity to share faith with another person and we can experience these temporary things in life or we can actually be intentional about how we bond with our relationships and, and whether it be a friend or a, or a parent or you know a child um, but that's our legacy. We can hand that to them in a way that allows their spirituality to grow, um, which is beyond our existence. And we're not promised tomorrow. So this dog's last hunt is something that I think is is a, a spiritual thing that each hunter needs to think about because mm-hmm. we do have that opportunity to share our faith. Yeah. Well, thanks for that insight, Curtis. I, I never really thought about it exactly in that way. I'm not a hunter. So maybe that's why, but I wonder if others are maybe pondering it in a little different way. Well, we've been visiting here on God and Our Dogs with Curtis Bissonette, and I know that um, seeing your dad suffer in the way he, he did with cancer has really put a lot on your heart regarding cancer treatment and cancer research that's done through the Mays um, Center here in San Antonio. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Dad, in his journey through treatments, went through experimental treatment, and then he went through the immunotherapy, and that was back when immunotherapy was pretty new. Um, And I do truly believe that when the harder chemo treatments 
began to really put pressure on his body, the immunotherapy was still very, very effective, and it helped him endure the journey that he had to go on. Um, the research that the Mays Cancer Center does, um, now they're connected to the uh, MD Anderson network of, of science and, you know, the, you know, the medical services that they provide. Um, it's a blessing because if we don't have people that understand in technology that understands how to treat these diseases, then we don't have an opportunity to have four more hunting seasons like I did with my dad. Right. So how can our listeners find out more about the center? Well, the UT Health Science Center does have a website, and it is available for people to look at. Um, it's the UT Health San Antonio MD Anderson Cancer Center, and they do have the website where you can go, and um, if you're interested in donating to a very particular treatment or a very particular research project, um, they do have opportunities to do that in multiple ways. Well, thanks for telling us about that. It's always more meaningful. I know there are listeners out there who are struggling and have family members that are struggling. And uh, it's always great to know who's doing good work and where good donations can be. So thank you so much for joining us today, Curtis. I've really enjoyed having you uh, as a guest on God and Our Dogs. And um, this is Meg Greer, and we really appreciate you joining us today, listeners. You can listen again on your favorite podcast site. And if you have a neat story about you and your dog, um, send that email to me at stories at godandourdogs.com. You can follow us on Instagram at hashtag godandourdogs or on Facebook. Please join me next week for God and Our Dogs for some new perspective for relying on God the way our dogs rely on us. Discover a new perspective, God and our dogs, godandourdogs.com. Live or love the Western lifestyle? Then Wheeler's Western Outfitters and Bernie is your dream store. Hi, I'm Dale Garner. With 40,000 square feet, find a full line of hats, boots, trendy women's boutique, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers, and feed for your dogs, horses, and livestock. We believe in quality products, honest advice, and friendly service. It is the Wheeler's way of life. That's Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10, and Bernie, or wheelerstx.com.